So let's start looking at Rose Hill. Uh, Dean Evans from Winning Edge Investments uh, with the latest. Morning to you, Dean. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm well. As long as the weather's all right, Dean. Well, I, I think it's looking a bit rough the next couple of days from from what the forecast is telling me. So, uh, so you know, we could be on another another sort of heavy nine-ish track, I think, uh, on Saturday, the way it's looking. Yeah, look, it's a soft seven right now, and uh, there's been a bit of shower activity over the last couple of hours. It's stopped at the moment, but it's meant to pick up, and then tomorrow it's forecast 15 to 20 mil. Ray Hickson's joining us from Racing New South Wales. Welcome uh, to this part of the program, Ray. Okay, we're going to get Ray up in just a moment. So, Dean, let's get cracking with uh, these two Group 1s that we're going to look at at Rose Hill. We'll start with the Tancred. Think It Over is the $4.40 price at the moment. Spanish Mission at $4.80. The Chosen One at 19 Stockman is at 13 uh, And then you've got Jewess at $3 in this race, race number seven on the card on Saturday. Um, what's your overview on it? Look, it's, it's, it's been won in recent years by some very high-quality stayers. You know, we've seen Sir Dragon A, very elegant, Villiers, El Mandan, Jamaica, Preferment, Hartnell, Silent Achiever, Managa, win in the last 10 years. So it's a it's a good horse's race. Um, having a look at the profile over the last sort of 10 years, and I focus just on the on the wet tracks. You know, there's sort of five runnings in the last 10 years on really wet tracks. Uh, three winners, fourth up and two fifth up. So you really do want to be pretty fit. Uh, two within a seven-day break, backing up off the round, but three off a 14-day break. Um, and it really is a race where those sort of hard fit on paces with, with, with proven group one staying ability come to the fore. Every every winner in the last 10 years has come out of either the round or the Australian Cup. Um, and five of the last nine winners were leading on the turn. So it's not sort of a race where they, they settle well back and, and charge home late. It's a race where they're really high-class, uh, good-quality stayers um, tend to, you know, push forward and, 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 and kick away. Okay, we reckon we're right with Ray Hickson now. He just wanted the second build-up, didn't he, from Racing New South Wales. Welcome to the program, Ray. Hopefully you've got me this time, Andrew. No, beautiful, mate. Loud and clear. Uh, it's an intriguing sort of tanker, isn't it, with the makeup of feel that we've got and, I guess, the prospect of some rain. Yeah, look, I don't think there's too much doubt that we're going to be on a heavy track, Andrew. Um, you know, we've only had a little trickle of rain overnight, but, you know, it's supposed to be coming sort of today and tomorrow. So I, I think we are confidently can be doing a heavy track form, but I, that hasn't really been a problem over the last couple of weeks for, um, for doing the form. It's, I think it's actually knowing what you're going to be dealing with is, is so much better than those days where there's, you know, occasional showers predicted and you're on a good track and you don't know what you're doing the form for or, those kinds of things. So, look, I think that that's fine as far as I'm concerned. And the Tancred's going to be very, very interesting from a from a couple of perspectives. We've got think it over up the top. Obviously, heavy track form hasn't been the best. Tries 2400 meters just for the second time in his career. We've got the emerging mare Jewess, who's just really starting to develop into a, a high class stayer. And and then we've got. The, the really big wet tracker like Stockman and and the and the uh, import like um, Spanish Mission coming up to Sydney for the first time. So there's so many elements to this race. Well, there is, and uh, let's talk about this Australian Cup win, uh, Dean of Jewess. I mean, to the eye, she just simply couldn't have been more impressive. She put some really good horses away so easily. 
She was very impressive. Uh, she's she's been impressive a couple of times as she gets over a trip. You know, a Queensland Oaks win was 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 pretty sensational as well. Uh, you know, she's run uh, plus seven point seven for the last thousand meters. She's run the, the second quickest last thousand, the fifth quickest last six hundred meters of the, the meeting, and that's in spite of the fact that they ran four point four lengths above par for the first section. So it's not like they walked early. Uh, very impressive win. And, you know, you look back to a Chipping Norton run start before and she was very unlucky there. If you watch the replay, she probably could have won that race as well. So uh, she's absolutely flying. She profiles really perfectly for this. She's one of the only runners that's fourth up, so she's had that extra run. Uh, she handles the wet. Uh, she's proven uh, over the, the trip, the 2,400, um, and they're all massive ticks for a race like this. So I think, for me, Juai is, is clearly on top. Clearly on top. That's uh, that's how strong you are. Um, what are what are the other? I want to bring it up, and I wanted to chat with him today, and he's, he's uh, gone quiet on the phone. Ian Finn with this Avon Fury. Uh, there's always a story behind it. There's got to be one here. It's two hundred to one, but uh, Ray he's whacked it in the race, and I didn't mind it at Rosehill. I'm just saying, I don't. I'm not saying it's winning or anything like that, but there must be a good story behind it, given maybe the wet track. Look, I'd say that's a fair fair um, reason behind it. You know, got to remember that Curator Storm won this race. At, I don't know the, remember the exact price he started about 20 years ago, but came off a, a Hawkesbury Class 1 win and went into the, the Tancred and, and beat a high-class lineup. So look, it's not without precedent. Maybe maybe he's inspired a little bit by the deeds of Shelby 66 in the past month. Uh, you've got to be in it to win it. He obviously loves a wet track. Um whether he, he hasn't really proven himself at the 2400 meters yet but oh look you know how you got to you got to admire their you know their spirit you got to have a go uh, he's in the race and hopefully he runs well for the connection yeah let's hope so uh he won this race uh curator i'm just trying to find ex- its exact price uh but uh obviously it just went over. Yeah, I was there that day. It was, it was at least 150 to 1, I think. Yeah. For, and beating some very good horses, Freemason and um, uh, I think Northerly might have been that race too. So you beat a very good field. All right. So, Ray, uh, are you as confident as Dean with uh, with Edward Cummings' mare or not? Look, she has to be the horse to beat, Andrew. She's got this really great sense of timing about her. As Dean said, you know, she, she ticked that box in the, on the heavy track in the Chipping Norton where she was terribly unlucky and you can make a big case that she she should have won that race if not been breathing right down very elegant's neck. Um, she was brilliant in the Australian Cup. She's ticked the 2,400 metre box. Um, and, and speaking to Edward Cummings, he, he thinks that, she, you know, she's just going to be this really high-class stayer over the next 12 months, looking perhaps towards the Melbourne Cup uh, in the shorter term, maybe a Sydney Cup and... and um, where she's got 51 kilos. Am I as bullish? Possibly not, but she's the horse to beat, clearly. The horse that really worries me, Andrew, is Think It Over. Mm-hmm. I was having a chat to Kerry Parker yesterday, and it's a little bit of an experimental run, I guess. He's, he's certainly bred to handle 2,400 metres, being by So You Think Out of as a Beal mare. And the way he's been racing over the past season and a half or so, he just really doesn't put a foot wrong. I know his heavy track form isn't brilliant, but he did handle it okay in the Chipping Norton. And he's really his only real conviction on a heavy track was in the Rose Hill Gold Cup a couple of years ago where he was obviously not racing with the same amount of confidence. 
slower tempo of 2400 meters um he's going to put himself there i just i i just think about sadragonay winning this race last year he was you know just behind them a little bit in the the ranvet stakes behind a dave and very elegant and then he's just blown away a field that looks a little bit like this one to some degree uh in the tankard obviously a horse like jewess wasn't in that race so she's the sticky point for me but i wouldn't be surprised if think it over is very very competitive despite having a, a plenty of things against him dean uh, who's the who's the threat is is, is there one uh, look, I, I think Jua is hard to beat. Um, I actually have to think it over as a lay. I just think going through the, the previous historicals of this race, you want a really proven 2,400-metre horse. And while he's an absolutely high-quality mile 2,000-metre horse, uh, I'm not sure about him over 2,400. And I, I think the wet just doesn't suit him. Uh, he did run well in the Chipping Norton, but I'm, I'm, I'm not too keen on him at, at the price. Uh, I, I think there's a high-quality stayer in the Chosen One. Um, that's a that's a good price here. You know, he's the master Murray Baker is a Group One winner this prep, um, and he's Sydney Cup and Caulfield Cup placed, and he handles the wet. So I think he's he's one that can actually uh, surprise a few. Spanish Mission has the class, but you know, going through his European form, there's a couple of big flops that he has, and they were on heavy tracks. So uh, I'm not so sure whether the wet track suits him either. Um, Angel of Truth and uh, is a just a proven stayer and a, and a mudlark. So I think, uh, you know, he's a type of on-pace stayer that, that could actually surprise. Um, and Great House, another one who's sort of the further the better and does seem to handle the wet. So I think if there's sort of a, a knockout, the chosen one, Angel of Truth or Great House might be it, the duo on top. Okay, so that's the thoughts around uh, the Tancred. Uh, let's move to the other group one. It's the, the Vinery and... Gee, Dean, uh, there's some good mixture. I reckon there'll be some good stories to come out of this race going forward. I agree. This is a, a really, really good quality uh, three-old filly race here. Um, there's just there's just some really promising staying fillies engaged. We've got Fangirl, who we've token, talked about quite a lot in the past, um, and you know, she has ability to bounce back here over the trip. Hinged, who won the group once around two starts back and was very good third in the Coolmore. Um You've got Pretty Amazing, who's, who's won three from three this prep. Uh, was very impressive in a Kembla Grange win. And, and the sectionals that, that she's running are of a very, very good horse. Um, she's now going to have to run on a wet track. But everything she's sort of running plus 11s, plus 15s last start. The numbers are actually mm. um, off the charts. So she's very impressive. Then you've got Gypsy Goddess, who's unbeaten from five in Queensland. Um, and, uh, you know, Never Been Kissed, who's a, who's a group one winner. Um, Yearning, who's a group one winner. And Pink Ivory, who's uh, very well bred out of Lotteria, who was a group one winning mare, uh, is trained by John Sargent. And, you know, she's she's running plus 11s down there at, at Gosford and, and Newcastle and looking very impressive too. So it's just it's a really exciting field. This. There's going to be some very good horses come out of it. They've been very keen to get Pink Ivory in it, obviously, at $23 uh, on the way, hopefully, to the Oaks for them. Ray, you would have looked at the uh, the Queensland runs of Gypsy Goddess. It's the, it's the big test now coming to a, a mixture that Dean's just gone through, but you've just got to rely and trust David Van Dyke that he knows he's got a good filly. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt she's very good. Just where she stands is almost impossible to line up at the moment. Um, I don't think I've seen an easier win than... Then her first up win at Eagle Farm a couple of weeks ago, I, I think she was home and hosed at the 600. Like you could just see Kyle Wilson-Taylor sitting there on her and just pulled her to the outside and you just think, this is just going to go straight past them, and mm. she did. Mm. Um, the, the thing is, I mean, 
she's won five from five and you can't do much more than that. One of those was the Group 3 Grand Prix, which in its current position probably will never, ever live up to even a listed race standard. Um, I don't see how that, you know, throwing that a week before Christmas is going to attract a, a strong field. So there's got to be a question mark over that. And there's obviously going to be a question mark over a heavy track. Um, but that said, you, you can only win. And David Van Dyke is, you know, very clever trainer. He knows what it takes to win these good races. And you can't do anything more than what she's done. I'm leaning to wanting to take her on. Um, the two horses that I'm most interested in are, are Hinged and Fangirl. Um, and I think the, the reasons for those have pretty well already been covered. But Fangirl was a horse that, I, I mean, I was ridiculously bullish about her chances in the in the Firelap Stakes. And the way that, that race panned out, it total forgive run from Fangirl. She, she just couldn't possibly win the way the race was run. Perhaps she was looking for further. Um, perhaps it's a, a sign that she might be reaching a level. Who knows? Um, but I've got to give her another chance. But Hinged is the one that really seems to be just in that fantastic form. Her first up run behind Fangirl was brilliant. She won the surround in that tight finish with Star Tontes. And she was excellent against the older mares in the Coolmore. So you've got Brenton Abdullah riding on the crest of a wave at the moment. She's got no worries at all with a heavy track. You would have you would think she's drawn quite well, given the way the tracks have been playing in the last couple, or last week particularly, where you had to sort of be not necessarily closer to the inside, but in the first half of the track to be most effective. Um, there's plenty to like about her. Um, the other one I'm having trouble lining up is is the Kemble Grange form, or the Kemble Grange classic form out of Goulburn with Pretty Amazing, who you know found the fast lane down the outside fence there, but obviously had a bit on them and James McDonald has taken the ride on this one. So that's a, a bit of a, a pointer towards her as well. Fascinating race. And, you know, there are a few others I haven't mentioned yet, but Hinged and Van Gogh are the two I'm zeroing in on most. The two and the four. How did you take that Goulburn race, Dean? Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was very, very impressive. Um, the numbers that she ran sort of plus 15 for the last 800 plus 13 for the last 600. She, she ran the quickest closing sectionals of the time for, for every section the 1200 to the 200. Um, she also did that at Canterbury to start four. So it's not often that you see a sort of three-year-old filly with just these single-digit sort of performances where they're just top of the tree. Uh, and she's been pretty much like that for all three of her starts. So uh, I, I think the fact that uh, James McDonald has, has stuck with her over Fangirl too is, is an interesting pointer. Mm. Um, I agree with Ray's summation. I think Gypsy Goddess is probably one to take on second up over on a, on a heavy track for the first time. Um, I have to bet around her, but I, I think Fangirl hinged and pretty amazing. It's pretty hard to split the three Waller runners. And then, you know, I, I think the filly of most interest, particularly from an Oaks perspective, is, is Pink Ivory. Um, I did uh, I did ask sort of members to, to have a little something at the 50 to one um, for the Oaks uh, after a Gosford win. And, and she's been very impressive. In her last Newcastle win, she won by four and a half lengths. She ran the quickest last, uh, um thousand of the day uh she was sort of plus 14 you know so so she's running some really huge numbers there at the provincials uh she's bred to be very very good um and john Sargent knows what to do with the three-year-old fillies so i think if there's if there's a knockout i think uh, i think pink ivory is actually going to measure up to these top fillies well right now uh you if you've got a 50 because you're a member of the winning edge investments well you've done well because right now it's 13 dollars in the oak so it has tightened up uh there's an intriguing group, and it's just a question of uh, the, the track condition and, and 
I mean, the eye with the Queensland filly is the is the one thing uh, um, that Ray mentioned there, Dean, is just the way that she runs. You know, she this is a totally different race, the quality of it, but the way she lets down from where she is in the second half of the field has been impressive. Yeah, she's she's obviously very good, and, and that's what makes it such an intriguing and high quality race. Um, yeah. You know, she she's sort of running plus tens there, so um, there's nothing too wrong with with her sectionals as well. I just think I think this is a high quality race. Um, I mean, there's there's Group One winners like Yearning and Never Been Kissed that we're not even talking about. Yeah, um, I give I think that gives you an indication of of how strong this field is, and I, I think we're going to see. A lot of these fillies um, running in a lot of Group Ones from, you know, from fourteen hundred to twenty four hundred um, in, in the coming couple of years. It's just it, there's just a really good crop of three year old fillies here, and, and it's 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 a good race. They're the boys' thoughts on the Group Ones, uh, Ray. As we uh, leave you looking at uh, the card, have you had a have you got a best bet, or are you waiting to see just what the weather does? Um. I'll, I'll decide my best bet a bit later on today. I'm just wanting to delve a little bit more into the form, Andrew. Um, some pretty some pretty deep races here to to, um, to go through. Like the Star yeah. Kingdom is right. I'm just looking at it at the moment, and it's you know you got Mautai, the favourite on the back of that barrier trial win on Monday by ten lengths, and um, you almost want to find something to beat him. But now look, I'll, I'll reserve my best bet for a little bit while. For a little while longer, Andrew, and, and just have a bit more of a look. Obviously, as I said, I think we're we're definitely going to be playing on every track, and I just hope we don't have rain on the day because that's that that's the only thing that that would spoil it. I mean, we can't do anything else about the yeah, uh, you know, the track condition. It is what it is, but it's just that conditions on the day um, that that's the main concern. Good on you, Ray. Thanks for giving us your early thoughts regarding the Group Ones, and we'll chat to you Saturday morning on winners. No problem, Andrew. Thanks a lot. Good on you, Ray Hickson, joining us there from Racing New South Wales. Dean Evans here for Winning Edge Investments. Treat betting like a business. Become a member. Gamble responsibly. Call the 1-800-858-858. You might be able to get another one of those $50 tips uh, that Dean puts out on Winning Edge Investments. So, Dean, we're going to finish off this morning by looking at tomorrow night, the Group 1 William Reid at the Valley. Uh, Right now, uh, Marabi is $1.65 to win this race. Uh, it's hard to sort of say that they're threats, but the closest to Marabi, the Inferno Kemmel Passer at 15, the Astrologist at 13, 17 September run, and they're, and 17 for generation. Uh, how tough is this race going to be compared to some of the others? Yeah, you know, I mean, she's, she's seven from seven now, Marabi. She's, she's got the Group 1 win um, last start. Uh, you know, it's, it's a it's a very very skinny price for a, a horse and a twelve hundred meter Group One at, at Mooney Valley. Um, you know, Mooney Valley can can throw up some results, um, and there's a fair bit of speed here. It was in the Oakley Plate as well, but again, you know, Marabi's got the likes of sort of Jonker, Kemmel Passer, Snapper, and and the Astrologist kicking up inside her. So, um, you know, if they do decide to to sort of clap on and and put a bit of speed on, then um, then you know it's going to be an, another test for her. She's, she's very clearly the one to beat, but you know I'm I'm not one to take a dollar sixty five about a horse in a, in a race like this. Um, you know if I'm looking for something uh, to beat her, that, that there's certainly some value around. You know a horse like Trekking, you know, his last three starts of this track, he's he's, he's run three Group One placings, mm. um, and and you know he, he's well weighted here as a as a high quality 
uh, sprinter who, who, you know, was only beaten two lengths in the Everest last prep. Um, you've got the Inferno, who again, you know, this time last uh, last prep was was beaten the nose in the, in the Moya uh, at this track at Group One level um, and, and ran in the Everest. Uh, you know, clipped heels first up in the Lightning, so, so he was pretty stiff there. And I think you can forgive that run. And then you got September Run, who um, you know is more of a Flemington horse than a Mooney Valley horse, but but all of her sort of runs at Mooney Valley have been, you know, she hasn't been too far. She was sort of a length off the Inferno. She was three lengths off in the Moya. Um, she was fourth in the William Reed when there was sort of probably a rails bias, and she came right out wide. So, you know, if there's a swooping opportunity for September Run, she was a good third in the New Market. So. You know, you're sort of looking at prices about good horses like tracking the Inferno and September Run, and they're twenty six dollars, fifteen dollars, and and you know seventeen dollars. I mean, they're they're good prices about genuine Group One sprinters. Um, and so I think there's an opportunity to to have a little small bet. And if you're absolutely sure about Morabi, you can always you know save on Morabi and and have a, a something on on those others to to make it a winning race. The one, the three, and the eight. The one thing is that a few of those that have just drawn tricky, haven't they? September Runs out there, Jonker, but Jonker's going to go forward. So those others might be able just to get across and get into a position, you know, by the time they, you know, start turning at the 800. That's right. There's just, there's just a lot of speed in this race. Uh, there's, I've sort of got five horses that, that, that run at similar early speeds, you know, so yeah. I, I think there's going to be plenty of speed on. Then you've got horses that, um, you know, will just sit behind like the General Bose Marine ones and Generations. But I think there's a real opportunity for a swooper in this race. And I think the likes of Trekking the Inferno and September Run if the race is run uh, hectically up front, then they're just three very high-quality, proven Group 1 sprinters um, who can absolutely swoop in a race like this. And Trekking had a look around uh, the ga- the valley on Monday morning just to be reunited, preparation work in, uh, into this race. Uh, so the numbers there, nine Marabi, but the others to include one, three, and eight, and maybe the way you play in the William Reed. Uh, Dean can be found at winningedgeinvestments.com. There's tips and ratings from professional punters throughout the autumn carnival, but make sure you gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Dean, thanks for your thoughts again. It's a very popular segment, this one on a Thursday, and the Golden Slipper Rails position just did it again, thankfully. Yeah, it's now uh, 17 from 19 years, I think. And, um, <laughs> well, hopefully hopefully the listeners listen, because I did say the best thing to do would be try to get on in the run. And from what I heard, Fireburn was $280 in the run at one point. Oh, so are uh, kidding me? Hopefully someone snapped that and listened. Oh, fair dinkum. I thought I was going to ride about three weeks ago when I backed it, uh, let alone that price. <laughs> no, uh, that was a good day. Uh, the rails uh, was the spot to be. Good on you, Dean. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, Andrew. Have a good one. Dean Evans joining us there from winningedgeinvestments.com. Become a member. You might get that $50 uh, tip along the way that uh, Pink Ivory is around the Oaks.